Hey guys, and welcome to Muscles and Medicine Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Aaron. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the role of timing and seasonality in weight loss and bulking. Basically, we're talking about the most common times we see people trying to get into a growth phase, the most common times we see people trying to cut, and kind of the pros and cons of doing each one, what we would recommend for those phases. Doing both at the same time. Super set. Just kidding. All right. So, when do you think is the best time to do a growth phase? You know... I think ideally what you see is everyone's like, I'm going to bulk through the winter. I'm going to get shredded for spring break, stay even more shredded for the summer, and then and get mm, fat all summer because I'm a binge drink at the lake. And, and it never happens. And it never happens. Yep. What ends up happening is um, I think the idea of I'm going to bulk through the winter is like, okay, I want to eat trash at Thanksgiving, yep. Christmas. And, and you never see anyone doing a true like clean growth phase bulk in the winter. No. It's like... Mikasa, si senor, fiesta mexicana, sushi all the time. Not down in sushi at all because it's my favorite. Sure. But a lot of people use bulking as an excuse to be a piece of crap and eat horrible. And I know that because I've done that. Oh, sure. We've been there. Everybody's dirty bulked at some point in their life. I think we were just talking around before we started about going through growth phases in the summer. Aaron and I have both done it. Derek's doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. I'm about to be doing it two and weeks from now. Exactly. So, like, I think the one really good thing about doing a growth phase in the summer, it's going to keep you accountable. Yep. Because you're not covering that up with all your layers. Like, I'm going to still want to go to the, like, you know, friends are wanting to go to the pool. They're wanting to go to the lake. I'm like, you really? Are you going to wear your shirt the whole time? You want to look like King Buffet? Is that what we're doing? Nope. It's so fine. No, no, sir. You're going to stick to the plan and you're not going to get fat. That's you're going to gain I'm muscle without becoming sloppy. I mean, we look at like, you know, we referenced this in the last episode, but like I competed in April of 22, I guess it was. 23? 22. 22. 22 yeah. yeah. A year's confused. April 22. Finished out that April. I was like 182 pounds. We did it super slow. Did it the right way through vacations, through 4th of July, all the things. And I kept really great body composition until the holidays. And then I was just kind of like, it's covered. They don't know. You know what I'm Pretty saying? Bulk. Yeah. I had all my oversized clothes ready to go. So no one had to know. And it yeah. just like, no, I agree personally. And I think Derek will agree as well. Like, I think doing a growth phase in the summer honestly holds me much more accountable because I'm doing a growth phase like Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm coming unhinged on all of those holidays. I'm like going bad. So I looked up some stuff in preparation for this, and there was a study where apparently people eat approximately like 89 more calories than they would in like the spring and summer, just because of the foods that are associated with the seasons. Right. So close to a hundred more calories. So in a week that would be 700 calories and 28 over span of a month. Yeah. So you're gaining almost a pound a month. So that's why people put on that winter. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're not. Yeah. All right. However, most people try to do their growth phases in the winter. Um, but if you're competing, you may be doing a growth phase any time of year. Like it depends on what your coach and you have lined up when you're wanting to compete. I think I've done a growth phase through the winter. I've done a growth phase in spring, done one in fall, done one. in this will be like my fourth actual growth mm-hmm. phase. And it'll be right during the middle of summer, right in pool season. So sure. looking forward to that. We got a message on Instagram yesterday from 
Ashley Inverted. She's one of the accounts that interacts with the page a lot. I think yep. she's based out of Lexington, if I'm not mistaken, um, somewhere north. But she asked, like, I posted that little transformation of my you know first month of the growth phase. And she said yeah, she was interested in, like, how long typically would somebody do a growth phase for? And I was like, we'll talk about it on the pod. So basically, to answer your question, Ashley, it's all case-to-case dependent. What I will say, and I do want to touch on a little bit, is I think that these mini cuts and mini bulks are stupid. Yep. I think, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I will. I don't care. So I, I had a guy go up to me the other day at uh, the kitchen, and he was like, yeah, man, I just finished a you know a four week mini bulk or something like that, and I'm about to start cutting again. I was like, "Oh, how much muscle did you gain in four weeks?" Exactly, you're not yeah. gaining anything. He's things, like, oh, "I just wanted to eat like crap for four weeks." These things take time. Exactly. Like, I think a good growth phase, <clears throat> depending on supplementation, of course, and where your body is health wise. I know, like this previous growth phase, I actually cut like three weeks short because I was feeling like death. Mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was walking around in the evenings at 272 pounds. I couldn't breathe, had sleep apnea and my blood pressure was going up. So I told Tyler, I was like, all right, word, it's time to stop. Part of that was my fault. Cause I probably did eat off plan a little here and there. Cause mm-hmm. it was during, during the holidays. Um, so yeah, that it's all case to case dependent in this growth phase. I'm starting from a much better composition. Yeah. So I think I'll be able to push it. 16 20 weeks hopefully 20 i would like to do 20 but we'll see but the four week two week three week cut oh, just stop well i mean you look at like where i'm going to be finishing the year out we're going to be essentially somewhere around 26 weeks or something for this growth phase if you know and that's assuming that we stop it in january like i could right you know we're at a point right now where we'll i've got probably to realistically so stop like mid-november and recomp to january then sure. start prep but yeah basically you're going to be in a surplus for 20 half a year yeah that's crazy and i but it must be done it must be done but like the way that we've kind of approached this one and the same way with the last one it's just you can't get in a rush in a growth phase and you can't only look at the scale actually i think the scale might be the last thing you want to look at right i don't even remember what you told me your weight was yesterday that's what I'm saying. i know it had went up i know it went up quite a bit from when we started yeah but i looked at like okay you're fuller in your chest your arms will look a little bigger you're keeping fullness in your legs and you're still keeping composition. So I was like, okay, cool. If nothing else, I'm leaner than what I was last month, which is crazy. But I think it's just like Aaron and I have pretty much, you know, maintained the same diet routine for the better part of three plus years now. So like we know what responds well with my body. So like if you know you're going to be pushing food, let's not start throwing in a ton of variables to push the same food. Exactly. And that's exactly the way Tyler is with me. Like, when I do this next growth phase, I know I will grow. I know I will gain muscle because I've done it every time I've done a growth phase with him. I've gained four to five pounds of muscle each time. So yeah. it, if, if it's, it's not, not broke, broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Don't try to fix something that need, doesn't need fixing. And it's different with like if you're dealing with a general nutrition client for sure. But like every now and then I'll get some guys like, for example, Derek's been in the growth phase since he started with me at the beginning of January. And, you know, you look at that now, like we're mid July. So this is a really extensive time, but for the most part, he's kept a lot of the same meals. There's been times there where, you know, if you're in a growth phase for that long, especially as a general nutrition client, you know, you're going to want some variety in there. Right. So we'll throw in, we talked about on previous episodes, we're going to throw in some French toast. We're going to throw in some like some antibiotic French toast. That's That's hysterical. 
Tell that story. <laughs> so we were in Kroger and Brandy was talking something about um, eating the French toast. And she called it antibiotic French that's toast. Awesome. Trying to call it anabolic <laughs> French toast. Yeah, I remember I text back. Yeah. And I was like, that's up my alley. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, prescribing that. that's it. <laughs> that's funny. But like I said, you know, if you're going to be doing this for a prolonged period of time, you have to learn how to have some fun with it without kind of throwing yourself yeah. overboard and also Derek's kept great composition the entire time absolutely too. so i think another thing to look at when you're doing a growth phase or a bulk phase whatever you want to call it when you start getting to the point where you're getting uncomfortable looking at yourself or sloppy it's time mm-hmm. to dial back and stop and, and that's okay and i'm cool with getting to that point i have no trouble like i don't get sloppy but i get to a point where i'm like okay i don't like how i look anymore let's start peeling some of this off and see what we mm-hmm. gained and I think that's a, you have to kind of be aware of that because I see some people who get uncomfortable very early. You're, yeah. you're one of those, you get uncomfortable early, but sure. you, I mean, not talking bad, but you, you, you tend to, you want to stay leaner and this time you're like, okay, I know we have to push whatever, Sure. but on the, which I would rather have that than on the other end of the spectrum where someone just doesn't get uncomfortable at any point. They yeah. just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep gaining massive amounts of body fat. I do have a quick question. So once you get to a certain percentage of body fat, doesn't it become easier to just start storing more body fat? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, would, I think that's so. why I thought so. Like, I don't know the science, but I feel like that's true. Yeah. I feel like, well, I think that a big part of it is, and I was going to touch on this here in a second, but like the more muscle you start to develop, the better your body composition will become like the better your fat will distribute as you start to grow. So I think that like, you know, I remember watching Aaron get into these growth phases and Aaron's, you know, putting on his 50 pounds or whatever. And you know, then I go through mine and I put on my 50 and I'm like looking at our body composition. Aaron's a little bit taller than me. He has a little bit more muscle density than me. And you know, you look at the proportions and I'm just like, dang, like this, this sucks versus like now I can already see like I'm starting at a little bit of weight, but it's like going to the good places to the good places. And I'm like, okay. So that's one of the things where I try and have some dialogue with a lot of my clients. Like, um, I had mentioned before that, you know, that couple that I was working with Dustin and Macy from the Corbin gym. So they had gotten to a point where they had gotten like, about as lean as I could get them where they were at without like, you know, turning into without um, making them very uncomfortable, making them really uncomfortable, without turning into a prep. Exactly. And you know, he got to the point where he was seeing some, like a lot of definition in his core, but it wasn't like, he didn't have a whole lot of like size and shape in his chest or in his shoulders. And basically just had to have the conversation where it's just like, you, you don't have a ton of muscle yet. Right. Yeah. Then, yeah in the next year or two if we continue to add some muscle to it and we revisit this exact same you know the next time you're at this body fat percentage you're gonna look a lot better right it's the same body fat percentage exactly i try to tell that to people as well like i have some clients that have went through these massive weight loss transformations even before starting with me Mm -hmm. and they're like because they have some loose skin they still have some body fat they're like i feel like i'm still fat and i'm like you're not Mm mm-hmm we just need to add some muscle so you can tell that you're not. Yeah. For example, if you have a guy that's 275 at 12 to 13% body fat, mm-hmm. which is freaking jacked. That's yeah. er, that's Urs in his off season is 275 yeah. at 13% body fat. Looking at that man, you could be like, oh, you could step on stage in six weeks. Mm-hmm. However, you have someone that's 185 at 13% body fat, completely different story absolutely the guy at 185 at 13 percent body fat looks completely different because percent body fat is based on total mass Mm -hmm. like say for example 275 at 13 percent body fat is that person has 33 34 pounds of fat spread out over a large human and 
185 times 0.13 is 25, right at 25. So, or 24.5, the person at 185 has a substantial amount less body fat and weight, mm-hmm. yet it still looks like more than the person who has more muscle. Sure. Which overall goes to the fact of focus on composition, right. not a number not on a the number. scale. Yeah, even like a body fat percentage. So right now I'm probably realistically, I'd say 14, 15, which is I'm going to be down to 11 or 12 before I start a growth phase mm-hmm. just because I can't do that. But my 13, 14, 15 looks a lot different than someone at – 190 is 13, 14, 15. It's just like different. Derek at, you know, Derek's 168 right now. Right. And it's just different builds. It's just depends exactly. on how much muscle you've been able to grow. Like, okay, say I'm 13 or 14 and Earth is 13 or 14. It looks a lot different. Yeah. It's not close. It is not. Yeah. Which is fine. But we talk a lot about how to kind of like balance the weight loss and the bulking phases right there. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about that. It's just like focusing on your composition. What is, you know, if you get somebody, we had talked about this on one of the very early episodes, somebody comes to you and they're just like, you know, I think you said the guy was at like 200 pounds and he wants to get down to like 5% body fat, but he also wants to be 220. Like kind of talking about what's your approach for like, you know, if oh, yeah, he's not with me anymore. <laughs> yeah. T- I didn't think he would be, but yeah, I said like three weeks. Yeah. No see. two. He checked in twice and then I didn't hear from him anymore because you have to have what it takes. Yeah. And could we have gotten him at two twenty five at 5% body fat? Sure. Six to seven years from now. Well, a true recomposition phase takes discipline. If you're going to like cut a little bit of body fat, gain a little bit of muscle, do things the right way. Right. Like I remember Clayton Parks was a client of mine that I had. I actually, I met him at a, a bar in Richmond. I was like picking somebody up. I don't remember what the case was. He was there trashed. He was <laughs> such a good guy. Cut up with me for a little bit, exchanged Instagrams and reached out to me somewhere down the line. And we went through like a little bit of a recomp first. Cause you could tell he had a lot of muscle and I didn't want to lose that, but we were just trying to dial in his diet. Weight did not change. Maybe right. I may have lost two pounds. I don't know where, like, you know, just all in the stomach. Just, I think just the consistency of his food, he was still getting stronger in the gym. And I remember posting about this and I was like, this isn't going to be for everyone. Everyone's not going to see this just based off, you know, f- you know, checking all the boxes. He's somebody that had good genetics. He followed the plan, all these things, but he really checked all the boxes in terms of making sure his like, you know, what was going on outside of the gym, outside of just like his basic meal plan he's getting his water he's getting his sleep he's getting his steps those are the things you have to look forward to and the same thing with like someone going into a growth phase i think it surprises guys how high i keep step counts and like cardio like as they're going to growth phase and a lot of that's just for digestion purposes but that and just heart health in general yeah i know we've talked a little mostly about bulking so far um let's talk about cutting let's talk about a weight loss phase or a when do you think is the the most common time you see someone? I think there's two. I think there's two most common times for someone to contact me being like, hey, I need to lose weight. It's either A, right at the end of December, beginning of January, mm-hmm. because they're starting their New Year's resolution, which I fully support if you stick with it, or in late April, early May, wanting to be peeled out of their mind by June. Those are probably the two. And the third one I'd say, and it's always like surprises people when I say it, start of July is like right after the fourth is some of my busiest time. And what I, what I think happens 
is we have a month of summer or so, and people, they go out and they get really insecure about the way they've let their body get Well, because they're probably treating it like trash for yeah. May and all of June. They may the- have been shredded in spring, spring break, and then by the time you get to the 4th of July, they've let it go, and they're like, okay, I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And this goes back to our previous podcast about discipline. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do things that aren't comfortable That's to it. maintain this, because it's not... I know very few people who can eat whatever they want and stay in the shape they want. You have to pick what's more important to you. Staying in shape, longevity, health, looking appealing, being happy with your look, or enjoying all kinds of foods. I'll take A every time, but some people don't. Um, Yeah, that's odd that you said that, though, because that's the only thing that makes sense is Summer breaks coming up. A lot of college kids getting out for summer, sure. beginning of May, May and June. They binge drink and eat, and then by July they're like, "Uh oh, all my shreds are gone." That's it. I just, you know, being in that social setting puts a lot of pressure on people. You know, you see it with like, like I said, the springtime is when I usually see a lot of more like the college level kids, mm-hmm. and like you know, they're getting ready to go on these trips and things of that nature. But I, it's usually a lot more of the like like you know your 30 to 40 year olds that are coming to me like it's start of june because like i said they've this is the first time they've been out and they've been like in a social setting you know a lot of more you know regular right. jobs. especially with kids too sure because like during the school year it's go 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 if you have kids that play sports it's go 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 run 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 you don't even have time to so when summer's here you realize like man this past school year i put on i've gained 18 pounds this year all right let me get this off before school starts back and what you worry about with that, though, is when school starts back, the same cycle happening again. Mm-hmm. So you have a very short period of time, you know, that June, July, August kind of time to try to rewire their brain and teach them how to eat and teach them. Even if they don't choose not to stay with you, you have to instill some habits to kind of keep that from happening again. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a hard time to start, especially Absolutely. for someone that's in their middle age. Like, yeah, I feel like that'd be hard to start and just work hard for two or three months and then try to transition back into kids in school, kids in sports, trying to fit in, working out. But I know people that do it. I know people that do it. So it can be done. Kind of on the flip side of that, do you think that there is a time, like a too early point to start a child? I don't want to say like a child. What would you consider would be the age that would be too soon to start somebody like cutting body fat, like to an extreme or I'm just of any extreme. Like, I mean, say you've got like a 14, 15 year old that's, you know, pushing 30, 40%. I think there's a right and a wrong way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Ha- like, I think if your child is like five years old and they're a little bit chubby, you shouldn't have them out running laps around your house. <laughs> but I think if you have a child that's becoming unhealthy and it's becoming a health concern, you need to, as a parent, I guess it's, that's not a conversation you ever want to have. I mean, but I mean, maybe go see a physician that isn't afraid to have that conversation. Like, Hey, if you continue down this path, it's going to be unhealthy for Mm -hmm. you. No, I don't think there's a time that's too early. I think if you have a kid that's seven or eight years old and their BMI is 40, like you got to do that. That's an issue. And I think it's all just establishing habits. Like, and discipline and learning the importance of why you should stay healthy. And it's not even all about looks at that point. I don't think any of it's about looks. Cause I think like the cutest little kids are like the two and three year old little chubby kids. Yeah. But 
once it gets to a point where it starts becoming a health concern, you have to have that conversation. I feel like. Well, I think that a lot of this falls back on the parents and oh, uh, all of it does. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember you know Travis. He's uh, a dentist that I train over at the Corbin Gym, and we've talked a lot about like the kinds of foods that they keep in their house. He has four kids and the standard of like what's acceptable in terms of a diet for his kids is very different than what their friends are. I respect the heck out of that. I love that. I think honestly, I I love that. Well, he'll tell me like they'll invite, you know, some of the other kids on the baseball team over or whatever. And they'll like go through their cabinets and then it's like, y'all don't have anything to eat. Blah, blah, blah. No, we do. Yeah. It's just not what you you're used to. I remember having this conversation with a girl once before and she asked me like, you know, would I have to be with someone that had like, you know, was like super hyper fixated on fitness and like, well, no, not, not really. But I would say I would require that like someone cares about cares about their, their health their health because if not you're not going to care about like you know it's going to kind of trickle down you know you're right. not going to be able to lead by example right and then you caring about your health become annoying exactly right and i've been in that situation sure i dated someone for many years that me focusing on fitness and my health became an annoyance and yeah. i was like oh that's not cool and i probably was a little hyper fixated at the time but you know how i do um well i mean there's one thing to be like just be devil's advocate if you're in a competition prep this is something you're super passionate about they should understand that and respect that if you're just trying to be like generally like more like conscious about your body and what you're putting into it and they're still like annoyed about it like nah they've got i right. think they've got some yeah. issues they need I to understand address. a significant other having trouble in a competition prep having yeah. some trouble and struggling with it but they should still be supportive yeah because I, I completely understand that like me and tori have both been through preps and it's hard because, I mean, when she was in prep, there were times I wasn't. And I was like, man, let's go grab this tonight. And I was yeah. like, crap, we can't. You're in prep. Yep. And there's times when I've been in prep where she was like, man, I want pizza. And I'm like, if you order pizza, I'm leaving. Like, if you order pizza, I have to leave the house. Yes. I love you. Can't be But if here. you do that for your cheat meal this Friday, I can't be here. Yeah. Because I can't do it. But yeah, I think I agree. I would, which I am, with someone who cares about their health. But, like, I would have to be at this point in my life. And not, like, to a point where they're, like, bodybuilding or afraid to go out and eat an ice cream. Like, but to a point where like they're aware yeah. and this goes back to like what you said about Travis, who's one of my favorite people on earth. Shout out Trav. I love him. Just a good guy. I think that's kind of like Tori and I've talked about when we have kids, like kind of not the standard we'll set, but like kind of the examples we'll set is like, you know, it's, it's okay to go once a week and go get, whatever you want, get some ice cream, but like that can't be your every meal Mm -hmm. because it just creates such bad habits. And I've seen in, in my family in children that I see as patients, those habits don't get broken very easily. What you're taught is how you will continue. Mm -hmm. And I'll say like, for the most part, my mom always had like home cooked meals, like pretty healthy foods for Mm -hmm. the most part. She didn't restrict us from eating what we wanted, but at the same time, like there was dinner ready most of the time, like something like good protein option, good vegetable option. And you may have some mac and cheese or you may have some mashed potatoes or mm-hmm. something, but like for the most part, and there were also times where we didn't, didn't have that where we was just like grab food quick. So yeah. I kind of had a little bit of both sides of it. So I, I chose like, Oh, I much, I rather eat whole foods and go that route yeah. well, you start seeing especially as an athlete you see the difference in like the way that your body looks performs oh, feels feels and it's just and i think that that's something that a lot of people that haven't been 
you know, super conscious about what they're putting into their bodies, they don't realize it's like, you know, oh gosh, you know, think about how many times you've heard like a family member say like, Lord, I don't know why you'd want to live like that or something like, I'm like well, if you felt as good as I felt, you would understand. Exactly. Well, I mean, you see so many people that get unhealthy, very unhealthy and overweight complaining about my body. This hurts. Mm-hmm. This knee hurts. This hurts. My stomach's always upset. I have reflux. I'm I have terrible digestion. Well, yeah, you do. No, no kidding. Of course you do. Are you seeing what you're putting into your body? Or do do you know, are you even aware of what's going into your body? All these processed foods that have all kinds of chemicals versus grilled chicken and broccoli and rice. And don't get me wrong. I still eat tons of things I enjoy. Yeah. But in moderation. That's the thing. That's the key. And I think that's the, the whole key between bulking, cutting, fine foods that you enjoy and use them for both. Like my foods for bulking versus cutting don't really change much. It's just the amounts. Yeah. And find something that you can stick to. Um, let's talk a little bit about how to transition between the two. So say you have a client that's been in a really hard cut for 10 weeks and then they get to the point where you've pushed them a little far. They're kind of looking thin. They're kind of like getting to the point where you can see they're, they're tired. They're yeah. just, they're tired. Well, this would be a perfect time to, if you've not listened to episode, I believe it was seven, where we talk about which fitness phase is right for you, this would be a good time to peep back up to that episode and you know, look into that. But we talk about a reverse diet. And basically what a reverse diet is, it's slowly reintroducing calories or lowering cardio to get somebody back to like a maintenance without just a total shock to the body in which they're going to gain a ton of body fat or they're going to really like shock their system. So this is usually say someone has dieted down to they're at 2000 calories and an hour of cardio. We're just saying like super extremes. Yeah, that's extreme. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like, you know, crazy prep or something like that, but say like, okay, let's bump up the calories to, you know, 2250. Let's drop the cardio down to like, you know, 45 minutes. See how the body reacts. 45. That's but, still a lot. I'm, I'm, You're uh, just tapering down, tapering slowly. down slowly, tapering down. Cause the last thing I like to do is say like, okay, we'll say you're starting at 40 and you cut down to 20 and you go from 2000 calories to 3000 calories. Oh, that, that's too big. That's a jump a, on calories yeah, for sure. For sure. Like you're going to gain so much. Exactly. Weight. That's what I'm saying. You're like jumping like way too much, way too fast. So it's just a slow, gradual climb back to your normal to something that's a little bit more sustainable say you know in six weeks times you've got them back up to 3200 calories and 20 minutes of cardio three days a week that's a something. great spot that's perfect for recall if you're maintaining that and you're feeling good yeah. on that yeah and all your health health markers are good blood works good then it's time to hit a growth phase time to hit it yeah so i think a lot of people underestimate how much food is required even in like cutting i have people that like will be on plenty of calories and i know that, that surprised i think that surprised Derek too like how much he was actually able to eat and still cut and how much oh, he yeah. had to eat to grow i love it i know you, yeah you have good metabolism so yeah. you're able to eat quite a bit and still lose body fat which i think i think that makes it fun yeah and at first when you first started i can almost guarantee you weren't able to eat as much and cut right because i think you almost have to train your body to mm-hmm. get to a point where like it's processing these foods correctly your digestion is and even improves. mentally like before yeah. with joe like my calories before starting with him was like 1700 and doing like half an hour on stairs which was totally not right you know the right way to do things and then jumped up to 2400 now i just do 10k steps plus a day and then like 
yeah. calories have just gone up. Yeah. So. And you stay to the same composition yeah. and gain muscle. It's just, it's so cool to watch. I think that's the most fun part is coaching is like being able to put someone through these phases and look back, like, especially after someone's been with you for like a year yeah. or like you, like three years when we started from your first check-in before the first show to now, it's cool. It's so cool to see. Yeah. And like Pat, who's been with me three years, like first check-in to now, it's just nuts. It's so cool. I had a buddy of mine tell me a couple of months back, he said that uh, it was somebody that I grew up with in Tennessee. And he said, man, every time I see you, you've gained or lost 50 pounds. You got a different haircut, a different job, like, you know, something going on. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of the nature of the sport, I guess. But I think it's cool, like you said, like transitioning through these different phases. Transitioning out of a bulk into a cut, I think, is usually like a much easier process. You know, someone's like they've, like you said, you got to the end of your growth phase right there and your body was ready to start coming down. Oh, yeah. Well, I think like as soon as I stepped off the gas, because I was eating, I think, 330 grams of protein and like 780 carbs and like 100 grams of fat by the end of it. So it was a ton of food. As soon as I stepped off the gas, like I felt all the inflammation leave my body and I just started like losing weight and feeling better. But yeah, when you're competing, you have to do those things. I feel like you have to get uncomfortable at times. I need a growth phase to go from 5'8 to your height because 780 carbs. (laughs) Hey, it sounds great, but it was horrible. Clean carbs that doing that many is like, it was like 300 grams of rice with every meal. And then my pre-workout meal, I had to have 300 grams of rice and a muffin. And I was drinking 100 carbs intra-workout. And I was still gaining only like a pound a week at that point. It was rough. I look forward to it though again, which is disgusting. To think I'm, about i'm not i was joking to derek when we came in here i gained like you know two and a half pounds this week and aaron texted me this morning he said ready for more foods i was like no well, because we didn't change much and last week you didn't really gain any and this week you gained two and a half so yeah. you've gained about an average of one and a quarter sure and i feel like if we don't you'll you'll stay about the same this week if we don't add a, i'm only going to add like maybe 100 calories right yeah mm-hmm. very very small changes we know how joe works now very small changes <laughs> i just want to keep you consistently gaining three quarters of a pound to a pound a week. Sure. What I don't want to do is get like two weeks in a row where we don't have a gain. Yeah. Cause then I feel like we've wasted two weeks. Sure. And I, not wasted, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't want to waste two weeks of 20 weeks. Cause that's 10% of, yeah. you know, when you could be adding a half pound of muscle. That's like, I was talking to Devin, you know, Devin's been growing since last September and we were talking about finishing up the year and then looking to start him in another prep in January. And he was like, dang, I've only got like 24 weeks left or whatever. I was like, yeah, man. He said, that's it happens quick. Yeah. It puts it into perspective. He was like, you, know, you think about it like that. He said, we're there, man. And I was like, yeah. So yep. I had a quick question. We've never had this conversation on the show before, but there's the uh, term main gaining. What do you all think about that? Well, it's kind of like the thing I was talking about with Clayton a second ago. It's just like, you know, if you, Think of almost like the same approach where I was just saying with the uh, like the reverse diet, like you're like slowly instead of like slowly like dropping their calories and dropping their cardio, maybe you like slowly like increase each thing Mm -hmm. right there. And I think this is just like to me, main gaining is just like a lean growth phase. It's just very lean growth. You're just not getting sloppy. You're referring to Greg Doucette. Yes, I, I love Greg Doucette. I think I think he's our father. Brilliant. I think he's brilliant. Like I, right. at first I kind of had like mixed reviews, but the more I watch him, the more I realize how intelligent he really is. He's, yeah. he's truly brilliant. I think main gaining is a, is a long game. It's right. like a, as far as like 
I think main gaining definitely has its place as far as someone who doesn't him, for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's not competing anymore. He still loves working out. He still loves doing cardio. I know he does mm-hmm. his bike riding. He can find a set point of calories and he's smart enough to do it. Definitely find a set point of calories. He's like, okay, I'm using this much on bike rides. I'm using this much training. Here's where I need to be. Let's go 200 calories above that. Sure. Just enough to where he's able to slow, very slowly still add muscle, but maintain. It's such a, I think main gaining, you have to be very, very, very precise. Right. Just disciplined in it. You yeah. Know, there, there can't be a whole lot of variables, a whole lot of guesswork. And this is just something right. that you like will come with time. That's like, we've learned with your body, like the things that work, the foods that digest well. And, you know, we're seeing like, you know, you've got a very disciplined routine schedule. I mean, you see that by the, like, you remember those couple of weeks where like your schedule got really yeah. thrown off and his body was just yeah. all out of whack. Cause yeah. he's like, he's someone that's super consistent. That's exactly. What I was about to say so, schedule. Exactly. Like you have to have a really, so my schedule, I know my schedule every week. It's pretty much the same unless something happens. Like, for example, some court stuff this week for a patient mm-hmm. that I'm supporting. That's going to throw me off a little bit. But outside of that, I usually have the same schedule every day. So this maintenance or maintenance or recomp that I've been in, it's almost been like a main gaining phase, I guess, for the last six to eight weeks because I've gotten stronger during it mm-hmm. because I've added more calories back, but I've not gotten fat. I've, my composition has improved significantly. So that's, I guess that's kind of a main gaining because I feel better and stronger, but I haven't, haven't all, haven't gained a ton of weight. I've lost a little actually, but now I'm at the point where I'm kind of just stabilized. Right. I love, I love the idea, especially for someone who's just trying to better their health and have like a long term goal. All right, guys, I want to thank you all for listening to muscles and medicine episode 15. We appreciate all the support thus far. Uh, Give us a follow on Instagram at Muscles Medicine Podcast. If you found this helpful, share it with your friends, share it with your family who might also benefit. Um, give us some feedback if you hated it, if you liked it. Any feedback is good. Um, rate, review. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of messages on the Instagram here lately, and I think that's super cool. People have been sharing it to their stories, getting just like the comments here and there. I think it's cool. A just to see the people that are listening out there and they're coming from like all different walks of life. You know, if you're just starting out, you know, you've been training for a month, you've been training for 10 years, whatever the case, like we, you know, it's cool to see that like our insight has helped you in some way. So I like the camaraderie that's coming with this. So I think we're finally over. I know a few weeks ago I was mentioning getting some more Spotify followers. We are finally over a hundred and we're at one Oh three right now. So we appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Oh. That doesn't include Apple. So we have no idea about Apple, but we just want to, we just want to say how much we appreciate y'all. This has been super fun and we, we really enjoy giving you guys content. We hope that you all enjoyed as well. And until next week, we appreciate y'all.